knock knock why don't we close our eyes and lift up our voices unto the Lord one more time come on let me hear you pray this morning Jesus You may be seated. I've heard it many times in my life through various individuals, generally with a office of authority letting you know that I have an open door policy. If you've ever heard that, that just kind of gives you an idea that there is an invitation that you can come and you can see me and talk to me about whatever issues that you may be dealing with or facing at any point and any time in your duration while you're here underneath my leadership. Open door policies always seem to give a notion that, that there's a trust that can be had and that there's a vulnerability that can be lent to when deciding to speak with somebody about what is going on. Maybe it's a workplace environment. Maybe it's a bad relationship that's, that you're struggling with there within the office. Maybe it's heavy, you're having issues at home and you're having a hard time balancing the work schedule that is at that is at your disposal and maybe you need something rearranged or you need something changed a little bit. But when somebody says, my door is open anytime, they're quickly letting you know that there is no way that I'm going to shut you out or keep you out of anything that you have need of while I am here. I am always available to you I, I'm not closed off I'm not kept away it almost makes it seem like you are they're not positioning themselves that they are better than you that that there's nothing that you can say that is so insignificant to them that but there is every single need that you have it is something that they want to hear about I like hearing when somebody says that I have an open door policy or if there's anything at any time that you need, please come to me. The funny thing is, is I've, I've also been in those situations when someone has said, my door is always open and it's not always open. They don't always have time for you. They don't always make room for you in their personal schedule or in their work schedule and, and then you feel disconnected and you feel disjointed and they, they're speaking and they're declaring and they're, they're making schedules and they're telling you what they're expecting but because there's no connection there it's almost like they don't understand the work. They, they don't understand the problem. They don't understand the environment. They don't understand the pressure. But when you hear the words open door policy, your mind goes to a place that you can go and rest and feel 
refreshed and nourished and, and, and you can feel uh, reinforced in your feelings and your thoughts. Uh, I want you to know that the church has an open door policy. We don't shut anyone out. We don't keep anyone out. We are all children of grace and by the mercies of God, when none of us have a right to anything in this room or anything in this sanctuary from the, from the platform into the back door, all of us are like sinners and have come short of the glory of God. The church has an open door policy. It doesn't matter where you're from or what you did or what you've done, who your mama is or your daddy is and what they did and what they done, what they destroyed and what they broke, where you've been and what you've lost and what you've ruined and what you've messed up. I'm wanting you to know that God has an open door policy that he is faithful and just to forgive anybody if they would ask. I want you to know that you are welcome. There's a place for you. There's a seat on the pew. There's a place in the altar. There's a place to sing. There's a place to worship. There's a place to rejoice and there's a place to dance because the church has an open door policy. His graciousness and his tender loving kindness towards us are better than life, the Bible says. And I, I would like to say that the church is kind of like Waffle House. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Waffle House index, but being well known for its 24 hours a day, 365 days a year kind of service. The awful waffle, as everybody likes to call it. I don't know why they think so badly of it. I don't know what the stigma is in it. And there's running jokes about counting teeth in the waitress's mouth. And, and you can tell if it's a good Waffle House or not. And I really enjoy their waffles. I love their all-star breakfast. I, 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 I enjoy being able to go to Waffle House when it's not so cold in there. You feel like it's going to snow. I want to tell you, the last time I went to the Waffle House here in, here in Lone Oak, it was delicious and it was food, but I was shivering the whole time. I probably shook off 365 calories just by sitting there just shivering. Just. The, the waiter asked me, are you okay? Are you having a seizure? No, I'm just freezing. Couldn't even drink my tea. My, 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 you would have thought that I was getting the Holy Ghost. It's very unlikely that you would ever see them closed because of their strenuous schedule. Having a reputation for being well prepared for disasters and remaining open even during disastrous and inclement weather. The Waffle House Index is an actual index system that was determined by the leader and director of the FEMA organization. And it's legitimately used to inform uh, um, offices of disaster response because Waffle House does not close. And that's to tell you something. If you ever see a Waffle House closed, you probably shouldn't be outside. You know it's bad when Waffle House is closed. You see, like Waffle House's index, the church, it's open right now. It doesn't matter where you are and the position of your life or the condition of your situation right now, the church is not locked. It's open. God has given his place of security and he has locked his people in safe within his body just as he has done in Genesis the seventh chapter. It says that they that went in, they went in male and female of all flesh that God had commanded him and the Lord shut him 
in. You see, in a tumultuous situation that the world was finding themselves in, at the, at the grievance of the mercy of God, God had decided He was going to destroy all humankind, but He called Noah and eight individual souls to build an ark. And for 120 years, they built this ark. And nobody understood, and no one really cared. And in fact, there's really no spec understanding of exactly what was said to him. It doesn't say that he was mocked. It just says that Noah prepared an ark because God said it was going to rain. But I want you to know it was going to do more than rain. The Bible said that the water came from the heavens and the water came from the earth. The, the wells of the earth were opened and water consumed the earth. But those that went into the ark, those that went into the open door, opportunity for salvation, all were welcome. As for 120 years preaching about what God was getting ready to do, it's kind of hard to listen to the same message for 120 years. Some people can't even stay and listen to the same message for six months. Some people complain that the church has been preaching about the rapture of the church for as long as they can remember. And they're so desensitized to the coming of the Lord that it means absolutely nothing to them any longer. Imagine hearing the same message for 120 years. It's getting ready to rain. It's getting ready to rain. Well, it hadn't rained in 120 years yet, but one day, God's going to say, Noah, put them in the ark. It's time. And everyone that obeyed the commandment of the Lord and by the reaching of Noah walked into the ark, male and female, and God shut them in. In their safety inside of the ark, they were safe from the, from the turmoil that was going on in the world around them. They were safe from the cries of those that were crying out for safety, for fear of losing their life. They were safe from anyone trying to rip the doors off of the ark because what God had shut had kept them safe. Noah's door was closed by God and you couldn't get out of what God had desired to keep. In. There was no escaping the mercy of God because His mercy had kept them in. There was no escaping the grace of God that had surrounded them because the grace of God had kept them in. But yet at the same of that which could not get them out, there was no one else that could at that time get in. Because what God has shut, no man can open. I know thy works. I have set before thee an open door. And that's why the church has an open door policy. Because God's grace is sufficient. God's mercies are new every morning. I don't command what God gives grace to. I, I don't declare who God saves and who God does not. That's why he said, I have set before you an open door when God put the cross in the earth and he declared it is finished. A door for salvation was open for whosoever will let him come and take up the waters of life freely. It doesn't matter if you're on the back side of an alley or, or if you're in an altar in a sanctuary on a Sunday morning. 
the moment you come before him and you say Lord I need you and Lord help me there is help and there is sufficiency of grace there is forgiveness of sin there is love what God has opened no man can shut man cannot keep you from the love of God the Bible said neither height nor death nor power nor angels nor principalities nor death nor life nor angels or any other creature should keep me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus I want you to know God has set an open door before you that if you need help, there is help. If you need deliverance, there is deliverance. If you need healing, there is healing. Man cannot shut that. Man cannot keep you from that. Man cannot say you're unworthy. Man cannot say you're unhelpable. Man cannot say you're unreachable because God has set an open door. Man can't keep you out. They can't keep you out by the color of your skin. They can't keep you out because of the content of your care. They can't keep you out because of the neighborhood you were raised in. Man cannot keep you out. Why? Because God set before you an open door. You want newness of life? There's newness of life available for you. You need a new destiny? There's a destiny that is awaiting for you. You need healing? It's right there waiting for you for whosoever will let him come. The door is open because what God does it has an effect God speaks and a work is done God declares and something new is created God says I've got hope hope lives ready to live in you I've got joy and joy is ready to be in you I've got love and love is ready to comfort you I've got deliverance and deliverance is there to deliver you what God does it has an effect for anyone that would respond Because he who the Son has made free has been made free indeed. I'm telling you, when God does a work, it's unchangeable by the works of man's hands. Man cannot declare that you weren't made free. Why? Because when God made you free, he made you free indeed. You weren't delivered. You were just changed. No, because when he made me a new creature, who I was is not who I am any longer. What he has done, it has an effect. I've got joy where I had sorrow. I have life where I used to have pain because what God does has an effect. God has given the church and God has given us an open door. He knows our struggle. He knows where we've been. He knows what we've gone through. But in His presence, there is fullness. In His presence, there is rest for them that are weary. In His presence, there is life and life more abundantly in Him is hope and him is life and there is an open door that has been set before us I ask if you would be willing to walk through that door and see what God has for you I'm asking if there's anyone that would respond to the open of God's door in your life and walk into the promises that God has for you is there anybody that wants what God has the problem is that there are some doors that seem to open that need to be left alone because not every blessing is a blessing from God just because it presents itself as an opportunity don't mean it's God's opportunity 
It doesn't mean that it's a gift from the Lord. It doesn't mean that it's an opportunity because if it takes you away from God, if it takes you away from His service, if it takes you away from giving Him glory, if it takes you away from His presence, if it takes you away from His time in your life, I'm telling you, it's not the will of God. The will of God is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If it's going to take you away from Him, it's not the will of God. If it's going to draw your heart away from Him, it's not the will of God. If it's going to cause you to idolize yourself and not idolize Him, it's not the will of God. And if it's going to cause you to lose your own soul, for what profit of man if he gained the world, but he lose that one thing, I'm telling you, that's not the will of God. And there are some doors that seem to open that you don't need to mess with. If it's not of God, you need to know it. But how else are you going to know it? Unless there's a preacher in your life. Unless there's a minister in your life. Unless there's a word to receive in your life. Unless there's a presence to seek face to face. And early will I rise to seek thee, Job said. The Bible says to seek faith, the face of God and not the will of your flesh. To seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And the things that you need will be added unto you. There's a way to know if this door is right. Judges, the 17th and the 18th chapter, there's a story of a man by the name of Micah. Please do not get him confused. There are three, four Micahs that you need to concern yourself with, and one's a no-no, and the threes are a go-go. This one's the no-no. Brother Micah in the back, Brother Micah Jacobs, he's not here this morning. He's probably on a work call. He's a go-go. This one right here is an important one. It's a go-go. In the book of Micah, that's a go-go. Judges 17, verse 18, 17 and chapter 18, that's a no-no. That's a no-no, Micah. But in Judges, the 17th chapter, there is a warning that comes from beware of Micah's door, his door of false prophets, his door of idol worship, you see, in Judges, the 17th chapter and 18th chapter, this man by the name of Micah, he builds an idol and he builds a shrine unto it and then he dedicates it unto God. He asked if God would bless it. He asked that God would use it. He then began to try to legitimize the deed of building a false idol and trying to get others to assert the idea that this idol was somehow, some way, good. Praying that God would bless it and send sons of the tribe of Levi to perform ceremonies and be priests of it. Not that he didn't know the first commandment that the Lord said to have no other gods before me and make unto thee no graven images. He trying to use them that were called and set apart for the work of the temple. Trying to get men of God that were called to, 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 to reestablish the, the building of the tabernacle of the Lord. To be servants of this idol and this thing in the name of the Lord. Knowing what God had demanded and attested to be a sinful act in the eyes of the Lord. It became a place for the sons of the tribe of Dan to worship. Therefore it was become a stumbling block in their future. It was a time that God allowed this ungodly act to perform, but in some time and in due time, the judgment of God would fall upon the tribe of Dan because of their waywardness. We have, people of God, have a closed-door policy, except when it comes to things like this. 
keep, we want faith on our terms. We want faith that's easy. We want salvation without sacrifice. And we want revival without repentance. Oh, come on, somebody. You see, we, we always want a Micah in our life that says, you know what, I've got something that it's not of God, but God will bless it if you want it. We, 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 got, we got people that'll preach a, a doctrine or an idea that say, you know what, it'll be of God if you want it. You've got to beware of false teachers and false preachers that will get you out of this book and, and tell you that it's okay for this and it's okay for that. This is of God and it's not of God because the word didn't come from God. It come from a place where there was compromise. That's why we've got denominations all over the world that are splitting right now over issues that are controversial over abortion and same-sex marriage and I hope you have, have confidence in a pastor that's not afraid to preach about some things. I believe that the word of God is true. I believe that it's forever settled in heaven. And what God calls sin and an abomination, it's sin and an abomination. Hey, I want you to know I'm here to preach to you that your families are protected, that your children are protected, and that your souls are protected. See, we're, we're, we allow ourselves uh, to be uh, uh, connived with doors that don't need to be messed with. Because God has given us an open door policy. We think that every open door is a door that we should walk through. It's not. See, we as individuals, we're, we're more closed off. I don't want to be offensive to anybody, but you can tell we're more closed off by our response to the presence of God. Well, pastor, you, you want us to stand up. You want us to get with the preaching. You, didn't, you didn't want us to sit, sit down. Well, you, you want us to listen, and you want us to, to, to be loud, and then you want us to be quiet. What do you want? I want, I want you to realize when your life is locked to the things of God and open to the things of the world. Because we have people have a closed door policy. And I'll tell you how I know that. Revelation is the third chapter. You keep going a little bit further from when he's speaking to the church in Philadelphia. He says this, and behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I want you to hear, God's grace is open. It's our hearts that are shut. God's miracles are open. It's our minds and our faith that is shut. Why? Because it didn't start a certain way. We didn't sing a certain song. We don't have the lights. We don't have the program. We don't have 600 people yet. You know what? I believe in the prophecy that has been given to this church. But I think God can do more than 500 in a song. I don't want to just scratch the surface. I want to get knee and waist deep into this thing that God is getting ready to do. And here's one thing that I know. I cannot believe that God has an open door policy for revival and my heart be shut to it. 
Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice, because I want to tell you something, God's not just sitting there knocking on the door. I want you to see what he said here. I stand at the door and I knock. His knock is not his voice. His knock is his actions to our closed off spirit. And his voice is the word calling unto us for change. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man hear my voice, hey, let me in. Hey, I've got something for you. Hey, I've got revival for you. Hey, I've got salvation. Hey, I've got healing. Hey, I've got deliverance. Hey, I've got joy. I don't understand why you keep fumbling around in depression when he's got... I don't understand why you keep fooling around with brokenness when he's got free. I don't understand why you keep listening to false voices when his word is true. I stand at the door and I knock if any man hear my voice and open the door. Open the door. I will come in to him. He doesn't just say, I'm going to come in. I'm going to take everything. I'm going to come in. I'm going to fix everything. He says, no, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to fellowship with you. You know what that tells me, Brother Allen? When he comes in, he's going to come in and he's going to abide with you. And while God is in your house, He's looking at your room. He's looking at what's on the walls. He's looking at... Oh, you see that? Oh, I've been meaning to get rid of that. You know what? I'm just going to get rid of that right now. Jesus said, I will come in and I will sup with Him and He with me. He said, because it's not just a give and take relationship. I go to church when I want something. I go to church when I need something. I, I go to church when I feel like it. You know, you know, because when you are in Christ and Christ is in you, it's a symbiotic relationship. Because when he is there, he is giving himself to you as you are giving yourself to him. He is serving you as you are serving. That's why he has no right. He has no business trying to make your path straight, but he's making a path for you while you're creating a path for him to operate through. You see, that's what the relationship with God. You're giving God a life to use, and he's giving you a path to walk. That's why the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and the Lord delighteth in his way. That's why you begin to delight in things that are not of God, and you begin to push on other doors, and you begin to try to look at other avenues. God said, that's not the direction. That's not the way. Because this is not about what you feel because every man's way is right in his own eyes. But there's only one way that is right in his way. And there's only one way that is right in his eyes. And that's the steps that are ordered of the Lord. Maybe one time we'll start. Maybe when I get there in the next year when we, we get there because I'm only in my second year of pastoring here. But maybe we'll talk about what submission is, uh, is about. 
Maybe we'll talk about what the voice of a pastor in your life is about. Notice I said pastor, not preacher. Because I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here to try to preach something that sounds good. That you're like, oh, preacher preached today. But what did it do in your life? Oh, absolutely nothing. He said, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. He's knocking and he's calling out. He's not inactive when it comes to getting our attention. Oh, well, you know, if they want me, I'm here. I've dealt with people that were like, well, if they, if they want it, they, they, they know where they can come. No. That's why you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about coming to church. That's why you wake up in the middle of the night grieved with the decisions that you've made in your life. That's why you wake up in the... Come on, somebody. That's why you're driving down the road and you're like, you know what? I got to get some things changed. I got to get some things. That's because he's saying, listen to me. Quit trying to win over people that you've got no business trying to fill in with. If you would listen to my voice and you would listen to my love, you would realize you are made different. Saw this guy. On Instagram the other day, he's making fun of these Gen Zers. Yo, bro, you're booging, bro. You're an op, bro. That's fire, bro. Isaiah's back there. He's laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. Man, you're an op, bro. You're doing too much. Let's go. Brother Jacob, you're in college. You're seeing all that right now, aren't you? See, we we have this concept of connectivity that's that's wrong. He's knocking and he's calling out. He's not inactive when it comes to getting our attention. We're missing the mark when it comes to communicating because we're not listening, trying to fit in. God has called us to be different. One of the things that these Gen Zers like to say is, I'm built different. No, you're not built different. You're built the same way as every human individual has been made. Since God made Adam and Eve and they conceived a son and they bore him and they named him Cain. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You've got a purpose and you've got this destiny in you. There is a God-given door that is open in your life that if you would walk through it, he would make your life greater. You weren't built different. The problem is, is you want to stand out and you want to be a part of something that you are not meant to be a part of. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are heavenly ordained and kingdom minded. We are God created for a God given purpose. He's knocking. He's calling us out. We're not built different. We just want to be like the world. You see, we have a God given purpose. 
that God wants to save us and deliver us. And mostly importantly, He's trying to save us from ourselves because we're trying to, to, to fit into crowds and try to be silent and try to be popular and try to be this and try to be that. And when God said, that's not what I called you. I called you to be different so that they would become like me. It's our lack of attention and focus upon Him. See, flesh always sides with flesh. That's why it's easier for us to try to find things in this world. That's why we're closed off to His presence. We're closed off to His moving. Why? Because my flesh is against it. Because our flesh doesn't understand glory. That's why flesh doesn't make it into the kingdom. We've just been over six months going through search for truth. And there's one thing that we find in throughout the entirety of scripture. Flesh does not glory in the presence of God. And when you are raptured, your flesh is changed. See, the flesh is what we have to fight against. Feelings of our flesh. The desires of our flesh. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Those things are the things that affect our flesh and affect our decisions. We've got this closed door policy because the glory of the Lord is trying to conform us into His image. And our flesh is like, no, I'm good, bro. I'm built different. I'm okay. I've got my friends. I got my circles I don't need. We have our doors tightly shut and locked, only allowing the things that we are associated with in. Flesh will always side with flesh, so our house quickly fills with things that fulfill the desires and the lust of our flesh rather than the quenching of our spirit and the crying of our heart. We got things that will feed our belly but how much in your home will feed your soul hey I like a good fruit roll up I like to watch Razorbacks football when they don't use up all of their timeouts in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter could have won a game But in a three and a half hour span of time after it was all said and done and over and there's a quenching and a desire in my soul how much of that time was now saying God now speak to me I gave three and a half hours to that and you could have heard a pin drop the only door that is open that compares to the possibilities and the promises that God has for us is not a door that you want to touch. You see, as God has given an open door policy, the Bible says that straight and narrow is the way that leads to life. You see, when, when Noah built the ark, everything had a dimension, even the window, but the door. Make it as big 
as you need to make it. But scripturally, there's only one door that continues to grow to fulfill the need that's satisfied. And that's not just the door that God said, I set before you an open door that no man can shut. Isaiah, the fifth chapter, in verse 14 and 15, hell hath enlarged herself and has opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp and he that rejoiceth they shall be humbled they shall descend into it and the mean shall be brought down and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled you see there's only one door that leads to life and no man can shut it But there's another door that's just as big and it continues to open wider and wider and wider because it fulfills all the desires of the lust of your flesh. It makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel welcomed. It makes you feel achieved. It makes you feel accomplished. It makes you feel like you're just one of the crowd. It makes you feel like you're popular. It makes you feel like you fit in with everyone else. It doesn't cause you to be different. It doesn't call you to a higher place. It doesn't call you to sacrifice. It doesn't call you to repentance. It doesn't call you to life and life more abundantly. No, but it enlarges her mouth daily. Fires are not quenched. Of weeping and gnashing and wailing of teeth. Knock, knock. What door are you standing at its threshold? the open door of heavenly opportunity or a door that continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger because many there be that follow a straight and narrow is the path that leads to an open door opportunity and few there be that find it. See, the only way that you can find it is if you are following after Him, if you are searching after Him, if you are seeking the Lord with all your heart. Because the Bible says, in the day that you seek me with your whole heart, you will find fumbling around and hell hath enlarged her door and her opening and you've realized that my decisions haven't been good my direction hasn't been my 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 miscommunication my misallocation of time and association with things the moment that you seek the lord with your heart jesus this is not the direction that I meant to go. This is not the things that I want for my life. The Bible said, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. There is before you an open door. And there's no one that's going to tell you, Sister Pennington, that you're not worthy of it. There's no one that can tell you that you can't go in. Yes. Come on. 
No one in your life, Isaiah, will ever be able to tell you that you can't be called and you can't do a work for God and that you can't lead thousands to Him. No, because what God has opened, no man can shut. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Come on, what doorstep are you standing at? What doorstep are you standing at this morning? Are you standing at the one that is continuously enlarging itself for the entire world to go? Because many there be that find it. But are you standing at the door of opportunity where God said, I'm getting ready to do something in your life. I'm getting ready to show you who you are. I'm getting ready to bless your family. I'm ready to touch your marriage. I'm ready to touch your kids. Knock. Stand with me this morning. Come on, why don't we close our eyes and lift up our hands before the Lord. Chains on.